Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do the Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. I am here with Jason Edwards and so happy to be here. Jason, what do you want me to tell them about you? Hey, you just just shoot from the hip. Let's see what you come up with. I just want to hear what you have to say. Jason is from Provo, Utah. I live in Provo. Originally from Portland. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're 0 for 1. (laughs) We're off to a great start. You go. What if you start? No, you already started. Let's just okay. do this. Jason from Portland, Utah. <laughs> this is going to be your best episode yet. Would you, would you know that? Yeah. Have you listened to the episode, Jason? <laughs> I haven't. Okay. How many people listen to your podcast? Do you have any idea? Yeah, we can talk about that, but we're going to introduce you. First. Okay. I'm from Portland, Oregon. Okay. Jason came, came to school, mm-hmm. BYU. And started his business here in Provo, Utah. I did. And I would guess that anyone who's listening today that's been through Provo at any point in their life may know about J-Dogs. That's right. How do they know about it? Why? What What happened to J-Dogs? How did it start? I actually love the beginning story. Will you share it? I will. Was that the lead-in? That was it? Okay, wait, wait. All right, I'm from Portland, and I own J-Dogs, which is kind of my pet peeve when people lead out with J-Dogs, so that's fine. Okay. I'm also a father, a son. I've got kids. I'm one of your clients. Okay, that's That's minor. That's minor details. These are minor details. People, that's why she brought me here. Listen, J-Dogs happened before your wife or your children. I was just starting. I was leading with your life, Jason. (laughs) Okay, yep. let's talk about your kids and your wife, though, first, and then tell us the story about how you started. I have a wonderful wife. I love her. She's amazing, and I have four amazing kids. Okay. I have two girls and two boys. From They'll be a senior in high school, and then eighth grade, and then a seventh grade boy, and then a second grade boy. So That's a good little gap. Don't ask me their ages or the years they were born, because I can never get it right. And then it causes problems with the with the boss of the house. So we'll just leave it at that. I know what grades they're going in, and I know their schools. That's good. Which is a great start. Yeah, that's a great start. It's not a good re- finishing place, but it's a good start. Just one person's opinion. <laughs> okay. What do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I spend a lot of time during my day working. Yes. I spend a lot of time with the kids. Occasionally, I like to golf. I like to tinker with. Got an old truck that I wrench on every now and then, and. Mostly, it's just kind of family time. Are you good at golf? Oh, I'm terrible. I'm okay, but I have fun. My daughter's really good. I'm not so great, but I love the game. And uh, I have glimpses of greatness and then long periods of snapping clubs over your knee and, you know, looking have for- Have you really snapped? Oh, oh we wanted, yes. we not talked about that. That is pre-Christy, though. Okay. There are many- Many a shafts broken out of frustration or thrown. Let's just say throwing clubs. Good. You've helped me with so many things. Oh, I've sure. been that's one of them. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I actually don't let me forget because I want to go back to your daughter thing. 
Mm-hmm. I actually want to talk about the influence that a father has on a daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't Such think it's a great game. You think golf is? You know, let's rephrase that. <laughs> golf is, period. That's it. I know, I know you're a tennis buff, which is a great game as well. But I did win golf clubs on the prices, right? So what? You don't know that? You've been on the prices, right? <laughs> yes. That's incredible. Okay. With Bob Barker or Drew Karen? Bob Barker. Okay. It was in the 90s. Okay, but back to you, Jason. So now we know you have children, but I don't let me forget to go back to your daughter. Was that in like the showcase showdown or was that in like the game? Like the. All of it. I, w- <laughs> I can't even concentrate right now. Ask Heidi to show you my Instagram. It's on my Instagram, I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. It was one of the greatest days of my life. Okay, here we go. Back to you. Mm-hmm. So. You did have children and a wife and you have hobbies. I still do. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> and you also started your business young. I did. I started it while I was at BYU. So I was a sophomore or yeah. junior. Yeah. Served my mission in Toronto, came home. Uh, I went to Rick's College before, which is now BYUI. Mm-hmm. Came to Provo and went to school there for a year and took a class in the business school. It was a class in the business school called basic entrepreneurial skills for non-business majors. Yeah. They got to work on that name. I took a class, inspired me, and then inspired me enough one day I was walking to school and came across that there's a shack on the southeast corner of BYU, little 10 by 10 shack. And then it just all kind of came together of that would be a great place for a hot dog stand. Now I'd, I'd seen them, they had them all over in Toronto, like street vendors. And we ate there quite a bit. You know, it's like a $2 meal. And yeah, I worked with the Chinese people. So we'd go down to Chinatown, the long distance from our apartment. We'd just kind of hang down there all day. And then we'd have these occasionally, you know, two or three times a week, probably occasionally. But yeah. And when I came back to Provo, I was like, there's nothing like that there. And why not? So I told my parents that I'm going to start a hot dog stand. And my dad says, well, you know, We've heard a lot of your crazy ideas before, which is true. Like I had a lot, oh yeah, you know, a little ADD going on. You kind of start this, don't start it, you know, or don't finish it. A lot of that. And so basically I was just like a middle finger to my dad. of like, I'll show you. Yeah. And that was the motivation. And I'm glad he said it. And I'm glad that I followed through. It's been a great journey. So you bought the shack? I didn't buy the shack originally. I rented it. So I found out who the landlord was. He lived in Arizona. Made me a sweet deal, and I had two or three months of free rent to fix up the shack. So I would go to school. I would go to my job. At, I worked on the grounds crew at the MTC, right? And then I would work on it into the late hours of the night, and just did that for about a month or two. I sold everything I had of value. I pawned an old guitar that I had and came up with like seven hundred bucks, which was a huge amount of money for me. And um, you know, that's what it took to start it, and. Two or three months later, we had opened in the summer of 2004. Kind of a crazy story when you say it out loud, but it was a fun time. Very like creative and just a lot of like elbow grease, you know, and tenacity and just the commitment to mm-hmm. find a way to make it work. Was it successful immediately? I remember opening it and kind of word kind of traveled fast. Um, nothing like, you know, people flowing through the doors today, but I remember. At the end of the summer, I sold a hundred dogs in a day and I was just, I was absolutely thrilled. <laughs> and in fact, I stayed open later because it was like 97, 98. We would close at eight or nine. I don't remember, but I just stayed open until I got 99 and a hundred. 
And I was just so happy. It was incredible. And I didn't even have like a cash register. I just had a little drawer and I would take the money home. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have money to make change the first day I opened. I, I remember having to call my mom and say, would you send some, would you wire me some cash that I can make change? I didn't even have money to make change. I wasn't even like thinking about yeah. any of that stuff. Um, still have a lot of those tendencies too, just kind of ready, fire, aim yeah. type thing. <laughs> but, you know, it's worked out and I would take the money home and I would just put it in a, put in a jar in the top drawer, you know, the underwear drawer. And then I would like, I would get it out and I would count out, okay, 100, 200, 300. I would set it there on the bed. I was like, okay, that's my rent. Uh, and then I was like, I was paying for everything. I didn't have any like credit or anything. So I was just paying COD. Like it, they would bring it, I would give them cash. And then when I would have, you know, money left over and then it would just kind of just stay in the jar. And I remember, you know, after a while I did get a bank account. And I remember like when I made a deposit and then I saw a thousand dollars, I like, why do I want to cry? I like freaked out. <laughs> right. Like, I don't come from money. We weren't like poor by any means, but there wasn't a lot hanging around, nor did I. I never seen a comma with three zeros. And it was, it was liberating. It was such a good feeling when you go in every day and it's like, it's hard physical work, right? And it's emotionally draining talking to people every day, not draining in a negative way, but just it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, you bet. And then, you know, and then it's just at night, you're just tired and you're cleaning up and you're, you know, going home and then you just feel so much like satisfaction. There's so much satisfaction when you're doing stuff with your hands and creating and being with people. So very fond memories of the early days in the shack. In fact, I mean, I'm, you know, I met Heidi there. I was going to ask you, did she come buy a hot dog? She, How did you meet her? She came to buy a dog. Like her mom had told her, I had spoken in a BYU entrepreneur like lecture series. Yeah. And, um, Actually, it wasn't a series. It was like a, it was like a breakfast for like a lot of the donors of the BYU like entrepreneur program. I had spoken at that and her mom was there and like who takes advice from their mother, right? Heidi. I'm glad she did. <laughs> and she came down and then she's like, she's, she claims that I wasn't like paying attention much until she said, well, I'm so-and-so's daughter. And he was a, you know, at the business school. And then I kind of perked up. I don't buy into that, but that's what she said. And then I, um, and then I asked her out and we went out on a date. Um, before, actually, before I picked her up, I just, I closed the shack a little bit early. So you could go out with her. So I could go out with her. I just kind of shut the door and I didn't prep for the next day. And I went, we went out on a date. I can emotional think about this. We went out on a date and then we uh, went to got something to eat after we went to a young ambassador show and BYU, you know, jazz hands Love and all it. that. Yeah. Love it. We went and got something to eat and she's like, well, how much time do you spend there? And I spent, I was like, I spend like basically every waking moment. In fact, after I drop you off, I'm going to go back and clean and prep for the next day. And she says, I'll help you. And like changed her clothes and she scrubbed the floor. Oh. And I'm like, look no further. I'm in love. I'm done. We were married like four months later. Were you really? Absolutely. It was crazy. And she is a gem. Oh my gosh. I love that. I did not know the yeah, details. I met her at the shack. And then, I mean, I opened it in 04. We were married in 05, almost, you know, that means, oh, it's my anniversary this week. Oh, so I can help you out. Yes. <laughs> J-Dog's anniversary is this, this Friday, the 11th. She and I will be pulling a handcart with like eight or nine kids that we've never met. 
We're all on track. On track. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that means my anniversary. You'll be on track for your anniversary? No, we'll be home. It'll be su- it'll be Sunday. But thanks for the reminder. You have to plan before you go. Yeah. What, how many years? Okay, uh, you can take. 18. <laughs> this will be 18. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, do you still own the shack? I do. Do you use it? Um, we've, we've kind of yearly, we've opened up the shack on like J-Dog's birthday and sold out of it. Um, it's, it's got some like good nostalgia, mm-hmm. but I think people really enjoy eating in with an air conditioning and like a bathroom. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So I, I, in fact, uh, the landlord passed away maybe six or seven years ago and I was able to buy that whole kind of half acre with that building on there. I have my own little. You could do like a summer home there. Little summer home. <laughs> Hey, babe, how would you like to uh, build a house on top of a copy center in a grocery store and smell hot dog smoke 24 hours a day? She's going to love it. She's going to love it. I mean, if things go belly up with J-Dogs, I'll live in the basement somewhere. And um, Things aren't going to go belly up with J-Dogs. You never know. I, I believe that. But how many stores do you have today going from the shack to today? From the shack, we have... We have eight stores. We have two under construction that we're building at some point in St. George. We've got Lisa sign. We're just waiting on the city to approve stuff and build. We're in seven like professional and college stadiums, arenas. So, What's the magic of J-Dogs? Oh, it's the people. I mean, in this, you. this face. My mom says I have a face for radio, so... <laughs> This works out good. <laughs> this is wonderful. Just use your imagination, you guys. It's a great product, but there's some fantastic people that that I get the privilege of working with. In fact, in my morning um, soak this morning, I was sitting there thinking about how blessed I am to have so many great coworkers, colleagues, just to be able to go in and basically every single person that I work with is just a phenomenal person. And I care deeply about them. You have surrounded yourself with such good people. I have. That's awesome. It's been a great, it's been a great joy to do what I do. When you write a book, will you name it From the Shack to the Soap? <laughs> from the Shack to the Soap. <laughs> the soap, the soap is meaning I, I wake, I wake up every morning and there's some days that it just takes a little longer to get and get things moving. Like my back and yeah. I just feel like an old man. So there's a morning soak. Often it's called the dude soak because I'll get in. And then my sons are early wakers. Sisters and mom are not. And I'll just hear the patio door open and then two other guys. And we're just hanging, (laughs) hanging in the hot tub. Got a great view. And so it's very peaceful. And it's something I look forward to. That's awesome. I love that your boys join you. Little uh, Miles is seven and he loves, you know, it's like seven, maybe six thirty, seven in the morning and he loves to bust out a popsicle. <laughs> so he's just eating a popsicle in the hot tub. It's like free, it's no big thing. He has free reign of the Oh, popsicle. totally. He goes in the freezer in the garage, grabs a popsicle. He knows my favorite flavor. Purposely <laughs> grab that one and eat it in front of me. No. Well, he'll bring me one, but not an orange. Yeah. He'll bring me a, a red one or a... Stop. Orange is I love the orange, the sugar free popsicles. They're like zesty and zippy. I love them. This has been really informative. For They're me. great. Mime at Days. Days Market in yeah. your local neighborhood. I'm pumping Days. It's on Canyon Road. I go there almost every day. 
Really? Absolutely. For like the social aspect. Because, you know, I'm just going and grab a little. It's like the European thing. You just you go grab a little this, grab a little that and you see people, you know, it's awesome. You're going for the connection. Absolutely. You got to have that. That's the magic. The connection is important. So that's actually why I wanted you to come and talk with me. I had a feeling you could talk about connection, <laughs> vulnerability, validating. We exactly what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Because we're humans. We are. And men often um, don't talk about these kinds of things together. Right. And I have many clients that are men. And in the private experience of their session, they're vulnerable. Generally, they're vulnerable, open, honest. But that's not a common experience among men. Would you say that or no? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's probably some differences with demographics too. I would say maybe older men Mm. have a little bit more harder time than my generation. And then, you know, actually, Christy, I I don't know, but I would say probably men in general absolutely are not as vulnerable and don't like dealing with emotions. Why are you different? Well, I would say you have helped me out a lot with that. And um, I mean, I had a friend that says, you need to go see Christy. So I'm always grateful to him. But I would just think too of like, you know, it's not a language that's spoken in my family. Right. And I would say a lot of families, it's probably not a learned trait. So for me, it's like, I need to take care of my stuff and not pass it on to my kids and mirror that for them and just kind of like perpetuate the chain. Well, I love what you said. I I need to, what'd you say? Work through my stuff, yeah. deal with my stuff. Take the rocks out of the backpack, you know, the satchel. So I don't pass it on to my kids. And so many of us don't know what that means. But really, if we don't work through our own fear, shame, experiences from our childhood and our everyday life experiences, we will absolutely put it onto our children unconsciously. We would never consciously burden a child with something that could hurt them, but we do it in, in, in lots of different ways that we do it. And, and your oldest. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning of like, you know, my, my slow transition, right. Of like, working through my stuff. I mean, it's a process and it, For sure. it takes a lot of time that how much stuff have I passed on to me, yeah. right? You know, she has a choice to pick it up or not, but I've definitely mirrored some less than good parenting traits in my early days and even occasionally now. Yeah. Well, you're human and we didn't learn this anywhere along the way. Right. So it, it, it takes a conscious decision to stop and ask ourselves, why am I showing up this way? Why am I frustrated? Why do I disconnect? Why do I uh, get angry? Why am I willing to spend so much time, you know, doing things for my family, but I'm not actually with my family? Right. If, if we're not willing to stop and ask ourselves, then, then we just, we'll just pass it on from generation to generation to generation. Right. That, that's a lot of like insecurities. Yeah. And then just not feeling validated and not knowing how to validate. Yeah. I think that's been like the biggest game changer, right? Of like really listening and validating and learning how to like be empathetic. You you feel it when it's done right, but you might not know how to do it. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. Like the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So now I just have kind of my go-to things I'll say. And, you know, you've helped me look for instance, like may is a very competitive basketball player. And now it's like competitive golf, mm-hmm. right? Watching them play, have a, you know, a bad round or a bad game. You can't really go, wow, you played great. Right. <laughs> Cause they know. Yeah. But you want to just say, wow, I, just, I love watching you play. Yeah. And it's, probably not the outcome you wanted and it stinks and I'm sorry. And then you're just there with them. You don't have to like fix it. You don't have to really, there's really not even like magic words. It's just like you're there with them feeling what they're feeling and, you know, proud of them regardless. Right. Which Jason is a really hard thing to do if you haven't started addressing your own stuff. I mean, we see it, you, you mentioned basketball. Um, my boys and my daughter play basketball and you see parents all over the place, like mm-hmm. just losing. You have a story. I remember you sharing the story, which makes you more human, but it is, it's like you start, I wish I only had you one. start feeling that. What does it mean about me? But you don't really think of that, of that way. You just think, well, if someone's mean to your kid, yeah, you, you feel like you want to pick that. But, but often that it's a, you're upset if your children don't play well. And we think that's about the children. It's not ever. It's about mm, us. Absolutely. But your ability, I actually felt an emotional shift in me when you move from, Hey, what's like, you didn't play well to, I love watching you play. There, there is it was one of the lines that you helped me. Like, I just like teach me, just tell me what to say. And I'm probably like feverishly writing it down on my phone. Please just tell me. Honestly, it starts out with that. It's like, I don't know what to say, but you helped me out with, these are some things that you could say. Yeah. And so I'm like, I practice them and now they become like second nature. Yeah. And then not in like a fake way. They're authentic to me. Like when Heidi's having a bad day or she's venting about something, you know, um, wow, that makes sense. Yeah. I can understand how you would feel that way. Yeah. And that's it. You don't go in and you try because it's like, we're fixers, right? like wow that was dumb i wouldn't have done that you know you shouldn't say that yeah because that causes problems nor should you make pigs in a blanket for mother's day lunch not wise pigs in a blanket and mac and cheese was not a winner this year just gotta throw that out there guys for all you guys listening pigs in a blanket not why not not the mother's day lunch she was like she did love it i feel like that's something you should have run past no, I just say, hey, one, and here's another thing to not do on Mother's Day is when she asks, what are you doing for me? Don't say, you're not my mother. That's not oh wise either. Gosh. Did you really say that? I might have. It was years ago. One year, I bought myself a bike because she had her own and I didn't have one to go on a ride with her with our kids. So I thought, hey, I'll get myself a bike. Then on Mother's Day, we can go for a ride wasn't wise she didn't have a bike well i didn't have a bike she had a bike we had a young child let's go for a ride together so i brought a bike home i didn't put a bow on it or anything but i was like yeah mother's day we're gonna go on a ride and she's like you bought yourself a gift on there yeah not wise okay this is so good i wish i'd had you here on mother's day as well that's a hard day a lot of pressure well 
we could talk about that another time. Let's we'll save that for our next session. Mother's Day 2024. I'm going to get ahead of the curve now and, and get a jump start. Anything different than pigs in a blanket and mac and cheese. I guess so. I mean, that's what the boys wanted to make. Okay. Okay. Father's Day. <laughs> Father's Day is coming up. Father's Day is coming up. Yep. You have a father. I do have a dad. You are a father. I am. You have lots of connections with other men that yeah. you love and care about. I do. And, you know, it's funny. I, I just about lost my lunch laughing about you buying yourself a bike for Mother's Day. <laughs> but again, there's no class. There's no one saying, here's the right way. Here's the right. And I don't think there is a right and a wrong way. But so we're learning all along. Hopefully you've never bought yourself there's a, right a, to, the there's a right way to fold towels. <laughs> no. And there's also proper scissors for cutting paper, which you don't use your wife's fabric. Well, that's that's your doctrine, right? Did your mom ever give you the scissors talk? I'm like, no. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But you probably sew. You're pretty creative. Do you? you... I've always wanted to to make a quilt. I would want to do that eventually. Yeah. My wife's really big into that. Maybe you can get yourself scissors next Mother's Day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to cut everything with them. (laughs) I did want to mention, if we back all the way up, you're a beautiful pianist. I like to play. Yeah, you're good. I like to play a lot. You know, that's another thing too of like, I took lessons all growing up, stopped in like junior high or high school thinking it's not cool to play the piano. Turns out it is cool to play the piano and uh, had regrets and it's never progressed. So like five or six years ago, taking lessons again from a professor at BYU. And it's kind of like one of those things that you got to take on a charity case. I mean, his students are so good and I'm, I'm okay, but I enjoy kind of the process not even kind of the end result. It's just the process of like doing something really hard. Yeah. Which is really important. And it's important to have hobbies too. It's good for your brain. And I agree. It's good for your mental and emotional health. Absolutely. So that's one of my things. You add that to my bio. A mediocre piano player. I don't think you're being emotionally honest when you say mediocre. I'm I'm pretty mediocre. I'm I'm okay, but I, I enjoy it. I love that you play. I yeah. love it. Okay. So Father's Day. Father's Day. And have you found this in your life? Like you said, there's a lot of pressure on Mother's Day. I put my, a lot of pressure on myself and there shouldn't be, but it is. I mean, she's incredible. And it's like, how do you, and you're also honoring your mother and your, my incredible mother-in-law and my incredible mother and my incredible wife. Yeah. Like, I just feel like this meal, this gift is like, is not even a scratching the surface of like how appreciative I am and like honoring, you know, what you do. Like, being a mother is infinitely harder than being a father, right? Like, what do you mean? Oh, if you think there's a reason I didn't raise my hand and like, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know, it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, there's, there's a lot writing on, you know, as we've chosen in my family to like, you know, I'm pursuing my career. Heidi has made her career up to this point, raising the children and, it's a huge sacrifice, right? She has dreams and desires and aspirations. And then, you know, I'm hoping that at some point that she will chase those beyond, you know, being a stay-at-home mom. And so capable of a lot of different things. Absolutely. But it's like, it's a very grand gesture and what she's doing. It's incredible. And it's like, well, here's a bird feeder. as me Mother's Day, you know? <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? I totally. Like, it just it's for me. It's like it's not like I can never express. And all she wants is this 
is a stupid card with like sentiments. And I was like, it's really hard for me to like express that. And so I, I get, I get, Mother's Day is hard for me because I don't have like mom issues. It's not yeah. bringing up any type of traumatic childhood. Right. But for me, it's just like, this is not even like. Well, you can hear that you're wanting to do it right. Yeah. And instead of maybe just like, is my motive to do it right? Or is my motive to connect with her? Yeah. And in my motive to do it right, oftentimes there isn't connection. It's disconnect. Because there's frustration yeah. and there's been tears. Yeah. <laughs> I love Heidi. <laughs> so, but it's over. I'd heard it's over that. with. It's over with. <laughs> So I've got okay. 342 days. <laughs> Just kidding. Got a little countdown. Wait, I think Father's Day is a different experience oh, for me. Totally. Yes. Yeah, so, so why? I don't know. It's because it's like, I don't know. It's like the kids sing that song about, you, you just want your kids to sing that this song in primer? Yeah. And uh, I didn't even care about them really getting along. You know, like mothers, you're trying to keep everything quiet and perfect. Mom's going to have a nap. Or the gas is going to stay clean. And for me, it's just like, you know, Heidi's going to throw something on the grill. Kids will get me a fun little gift. And like, I'm just, I'm just happy. It is a different feeling. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. I wonder if it's that women will um, articulate their needs maybe differently. Like I was hoping for something different or I was, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's culturally, but there is absolutely a difference in mm -hmm. the feeling or the expectations of Mother's Day. And Friday. Heidi is not like high maintenance. So she probably has very little expectations, but I think I probably gum it up a little bit. Get it. So as a father, one of the questions that I get a lot from clients is how can I better connect with my wife or my children? Mm. And usually they come when there's some lots of pain inside of a relationship with one of their children or with their spouse. Right. I think it, it'd be worth talking about it for a second. What different ways to connect with our children, ways to connect with our wife, and maybe what's the motive for that? I, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Has that, has that been, tell me your thoughts as I say that. Um, you know, my mind first went to being a parent, younger kids. It's easy. Yeah. I mean, why? Why is it easy? Because it's just you're making silly faces and telling dumb dad jokes and like they laugh at everything. Teenage daughters or sons. But in my instance right yeah. now, yeah, actually, like a lot of like psychologists think that kind of like this doesn't happen when they come teenagers. It's like 11. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So technically, I have three in that group. My son just turned 12 last yeah. week. Yeah. It's terrifying at some point. I, I think if kids knew how scary it is to be a parent yeah, and it's hard. So, and then, you know, that, that aspect of like, as they get older, it's natural and you want them to, to separate, right? It's just time for them to kind of, they have very strong opinions as do their parents. They're very passionate as are their parents. And sometimes that leads to fireworks, right? To where, like, with my younger, very agreeable seven-year-old, it's like, you can do no wrong. It's like, hey, do you want to go to the store with me? Sure. Yeah. you want to do this? Sure. And for me, it's like these expectations of, I think in my mind, I have to go. You almost have to be like two parents, right? You have to have that hat of, like, you know, the 10-year-olds and younger, and then the older kids that are much more independent. Yeah. As you said that, I thought. You have to emotionally mature as your children mature. And, and sometimes we don't even know we need to mature emotionally until we go through this process with our children. And you have to let go. 
right? There's a control thing. For instance, we've talked about this of like last year, my daughter wanted to go visit her friend in Jerusalem. Yeah. And initially on this trip, the grandparents of her friend were going to fly out and she was going to go with them. Yeah. And so they would be with her yeah. traveling halfway around the world. <laughs> uh, the, the mother of her friend decided that the grandparents and May probably shouldn't be there at the same time as to give them attention, yeah. right? Like to be able to share the attention would have been hard. So May ended up going on a different week and the grandparents were going to be there and she ended up flying to Tel Aviv by herself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so as I'm in, she was, she was, she was 16. Okay. She? No, she was 15. Yeah. Turning 16. I was like, like pulling people of like, what do you think about this? And I always got, well, man, what a great experience for her to, you know, kind of dip her toe into adulthood you know, get her ready for going to college or she wanted to serve like a church mission. This would be a great confidence booster. And every time people told me this in my mind, I'm like, are you nuts? I'm like, like, this is insanity to let a 15 year old fly to Jerusalem, being on a plane all her own. She's got to, you know, fly to New York, change planes. And guess what? It wasn't a problem. Right. But this whole time I'm like this protective, like, Papa bear mode of like, oh no, this isn't happening. Yeah. But then everyone like telling me that, no, it's going to be fine. And then feeling like ganged up on a little bit. Right. And having to kind of work through that and go, you know what? You can get in like victim mode, which I'm really good at. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm paying for this thing. Right. And I'm against it. That's fine. You just do what you want. You know, I'm sure we had those discussions that ended that way. But then, you know, thinking it through, going, you know what, they're probably right. And letting go, I think is, is really the hardest part about being a parent. You know, thank you for sharing that. As you were saying that, I think one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is the belief to help them know that you believe that they're capable of anything that they choose to do. And in our own fear and shame, without meaning to give this message to them, we often, because of our fear, we teach them to live in fear and to not recognize that they're capable of so much. Right. And so, yeah, I, as you were saying, I can feel, and like you said, we we talked about it, but it is your, your fear felt very valid. Right. And that's about you right. and not about her. And that's the work of the parent, right, is to separate our stuff Right. From them so that we can, they see themselves through the mirror that we hold up right. to them. And so if we say you're capable, of course, how can I help you succeed? Now, everyone's not going to send their kids to Israel, and, you, know. you know, but it could be anything. And there's so many ways that we can say, oh, you are so capable. Yes. Yeah. But now it's like, wow, you let your daughter go to Israel? I'm like, yeah. Sure did. After sure it turned did. out, I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. It was all my idea, you know? <laughs> so much. Our worth is fixed. You know that. I've said this so many times on the podcast. Our worth can't be changed. Right. But so many people don't believe that. And one of the ways that we start to believe that our worth is fixed is when we treat ourselves like it's fixed. When we're, Kate, when we recognize we're capable of, so many more things than we really think that we are. So you 
you know, obviously it's not right or wrong to let her go. That had to, that decision had to come from you and Heidi and me, but Is that how it was supposed to be. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Dear Heidi. <laughs> you hear that, babe? Dear- <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It turned out great. Yeah. It was actually a very safe place. Yeah. And you know, you're so safe and yeah, it's just, you know, I'm like over, pro- overprotective, protective, maybe not overprotective, but protective. Yeah. But that it's just as they get older, it's they they leave and you know they're spending more time with their friends. You get to see them less and less and less, and it it's hard. Yeah. Why is it hard? Just because you love them so much, and you just I I I honestly love being around them. And now it's you know it's very little, so you just cherish those times, and you have to realize too that like that's the way of life. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're wired that way, so that will go out and, you know, leave the nest. The role of a parent is to help this human learn how to connect with themselves, with others, to be good citizens, to become a a, a person that will launch. That's our job is to help them launch. It feels like we're being nice. But anytime we do something for our children that they can do for themselves. Look at you just throwing out. I'm looking at your worksheet. She gave me little five by seven (laughs) notes here. Let's see. We're on point four here. Um, why? Okay, I do want to talk about validation. We're we're our time is going, but I want to talk about validation because validation. We're going to do a whole nother podcast on val on validation. But as a father, and as a husband, and as a boss, mm-hmm. or an employee, mm-hmm. or a neighbor, validation is a game changer. You guys have a little magic sauce at J Dogs. You do called special sauce. <laughs> This is the special sauce for emotional for life. connection. It really is. To right. Validation says, I see you, I hear you. Right. So as a father, you talked about May playing golf. Mm-hmm. If we could get in back into May's little brain and mine and emotional uh, self, I would guess that there is a huge connection between her desire to be seen and heard and valued by you mm-hmm. who loves golf and her desire to play golf. Yeah. I mean, she definitely loves the game, but I think initially it was like, my dad really likes this. Let's give this a go. But yeah, I'm I'm like, and you play well. It's like, dad, I shot a 83. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the trick is, wow, that's incredible. You're so awesome. It's like, well, you must have practiced and that must have felt really good. And yeah. those kind of like responses. Beautiful so it's like, their worth isn't fixed to a score. Yeah. Their worth isn't fixed to like how many threes they hit in a game. It's just, yeah. Wow. That must've felt really good. Yeah. Tell me, tell me how that feels to be able to meet them there instead of confirm that they're good or bad. Right. That's where we miss it. Right. And absolutely. I'm guessing your seven year old dad, look how many rocks I have, or look what popsicle I got, or he's, he's looking for validation. Children, need desperately in fact children who are not validated by their parents um will find it somewhere else they'll find it somewhere else and they will have a hard time believing that their needs matter and that shows up in all kinds of different ways but i love your example of validation dad and even that dad i shot and you just connecting with her meeting her right where she's at what if she came i shot 113 i don't know golf 113 would still that good or bad 
it's not great, but it's like I would be stoked out of my mind. With I'm in thirteen, but but either way, I'll, I'll like, ask at that point of like, well, tell me what how because you'll hear it in her voice. She won't be excited telling me that. Yeah. Oh, I got at one thirteen. Yeah. Well, tell me something that you went well. Yeah. How did you like? What were the good parts of your game today? Tell me about your best shot. Yeah. You know, tell me about you know how you were putting and this and that. And then you know, it's 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 not like you're not grading them or judging them it's just you're listening and then you just kind of talk your way through it that way and with my other kids of like they get excited tell me about stuff and sometimes i have no clue what they're talking about like it's like like youtubers or Uh all these things or video games which i'm not in the know but it's like wow buddy that's awesome you sound like you really like this stuff and i'll just sit and occasionally i'll just kind of just sit and watch them play it and it's hard for me to do that. Yeah. But it's like, they don't really want you to like play with them. I think they just want you to like be there and watch them and get excited for the things that excite them. They so, want you to see them. They yeah. want to feel like they're important to you. Right. No matter what it is. And validation. So there's validation. I see you. I hear you. Some validating statements might be, I get it. You do that well. I hear you. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Help me understand what you mean or think or how you feel. Or May, you shot 113. Tell me how that feels. Yeah. Tell me, like, well, it feels devastating. I hate, I hate golf. Why am I doing this? I'll never be good. Uh huh. Does it feel like that? Tell me more. Right. Tell me more. I, I promise you, if we say that as parents, our kids would look at us like, are you seriously, like, you're going to listen? You're not going to try to fix it? You're not going to try to make me feel good? One of the things that we do that that is so not helpful for our children is we try to make them not feel any loss. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're fine. Or, oh, it makes sense that you did that because you helped grandma early this morning or whatever it is. But right. to just help our children learn how to feel loss, mm-hmm. learn how to feel pain, right? move through it. I'm right here by you. I'm going to, I'm going to ride that wave with you. So validating. Mm-hmm. Invalidating statements, Jason, give us a few examples. What's wrong with you? I'm reading off the, <laughs> what are you talking about? That didn't happen. You know what you're talking about. I don't care what you think. Stop crying. Get up. You're not hurt. I just added that one in there. I've heard that one before. Get up. You're not hurt. You're not hurt. Get up. Why are you so emotional? So many. Or. You know, go, go talk to mom or go, you know, go in your room until you, you can. Oh, that one's not necessarily a bad one. Let's just calm down. I had to break that one out last night. All right. You guys, let's please just go calm down and we'll reconvene. Okay. We'll talk. Let's recon- cal- calm down. And these are all the greatest hits. Trust me. This is like 10% of my parenting. 90% of the time I'm saying this stupid stuff on this list. But now I recognize it and you can try to be better. But yeah. yeah. To say we need a minute to to gather ourselves, but to be willing to come back and talk about it. Right. Is a very validating. Anything else, Jason? Is that it? Well, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask I'm just, you. I'm just I'm just saying that, like, I think I think our our time together has really has really helped me as a parent. And I would say that any effort in trying to get better is a huge win. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's really hard to be 
apparent because they're everyone's getting messages from all directions, right? There's not there's not a single probably minute that you're not comparing yourself to other people. You're not getting advertisements and reels and, you know, social media is just a barrage of all these things where you're just kind of stuck in this thing of like, well, I'm not enough, yeah. right? Or I can't, I could never be this way or I can't fix these things. But it's just, it's not true. It's like anyone can kind of, you can change your behavior if you want to. And you've got to start somewhere and you've got to draw a line in the sand. And I just think it's, I think it's important that people know that, you know, there's a better, not a better way, but there's a way that is, you say what pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yeah. And I've found that in my parenting and in my personal life too, of like, all this stuff makes a really big difference. Yeah. And what you're hearing now on the podcast, this is just like our session. Yeah. Well, just talking yeah. and like great advice. And yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm getting this for free right now. Okay. I really don't bill me for this, <laughs> but this is like a free one. This is great. I feel better I, leaving. I feel better than walking out the door than I do time in. I love what you said that. This isn't about right or wrong. Am I a good parent or am I a bad parent? This is about connection. Yeah. Ultimately, what we want is to create a space where we can connect with ourselves, with our spouses, and with our children, and especially with God. And if we're not doing that, it doesn't mean something's wrong with us. It means we don't know how. You don't know this, but at the end of every podcast, <laughs> at the end of every podcast, I want to ask the person that I've been visiting with, Okay, we've talked now for a good amount of time. What could someone take away from the podcast and just work on this week? One or two things. The just quick, like, here's what you can do this week to do the work. I think for me, maybe, maybe twofold. Okay. I talked about my, like, my time that I take in the morning for myself. And sometimes I have little gremlins that come in and join me, but time, quiet time just to think and ponder is really important to me. It's like alone time. I'm like, I don't bring my phone. I don't really do anything else. I just, I'll just sit and think. Mm -hmm. And so just taking time for yourself, whatever that looks like, but also just try a simple validating statement, right? Instead of the urge to, huh, that didn't happen, or I wouldn't have done it that way, to just listen to somebody and then just try this one. This is one of my go-to. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's all you have to say. Soak that crab pot and just <laughs> let it let it marinate because it just it's like a bomb. Because people will be like, "Wait, you just you just heard what I was telling you." And in almost time, it's like you're like gearing up and you're ready for like a quick response of like, "I'll say something in my mind." I'm like, "Okay, how am I gonna like respond to what he just said to me?" But somebody says, "Well, that that sounds." like a really hard thing. Yeah. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Yeah. Or that makes sense. It is magic. It doesn't mean I agree. You taught me how to do that. Good. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Jason, for coming, for talking. I'm really grateful for your humor and your wisdom and your willingness to be open and honest. It's my pleasure. You will have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. So do I. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, 
go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.